Welcome to Run 12-1 Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Gowen. Well, this is another podcast of Run 12-1. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Goins, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to <clears throat> kind of pause and stop and uh, listen to this and click and listen. Hey, right up front, if you wouldn't mind, do me a quick favor and share share this page uh, with maybe on your Facebook platform, even if you're listening to different podcasts, share it with your friends. Um, I hope that you are enjoying the episode so far as you kind of understand the purpose of Run 12.1. It's based off of Hebrews chapter 12.1 and 2, where the Hebrew author switches from after basically kind of theology versus, I mean, chapter 1 through chapter 10, goes into the Faith Hall of Fame in chapter 11, showing all these great um, men and women of God that uh, were were faith soldiers. And then he switches and says, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, he talks about us running a race and that we are called, that God has specifically set each one of us, you and I, every Christian in their own race, and that we are called to run this race in patience, to run the race that is set before us with patience. And the exact words, this is wherefore, seeing we are also so passed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, just like runners, they 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 get down into the basically in their skivvies. I mean, they get down a lightest shirt, lightest shoes, lightest shorts, and they lay off everything. That is that that and, and other those times that those things are good. Having different clothing is good for different seasons. But when it comes to the race that they're in, they want to be light. They want to lay all these aside. And he also says, and sin. That does so easily beset us. And he says, and run with patience the race that is set before us. You are in a race. I am in a race. Your life is a marathon race. My life is a marathon race. And then we look unto Jesus, the author of and finisher of our faith, who before the goal or the or the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So Jesus's finish line was not only the glory of God, but also you and I. He saw us at the finish line and ran his race. And we are called to run the race for the glory of God and into our King's arms. And based off of that, that's what this podcast Run 12-1 is about. And I am kind of just exe- giving daily exegetical kind of devotions to help you if you are a runner. Like I am kind of, well, I don't know if I classify myself as a runner, but I've been running a lot more, entering into races and um, just kind of, you know, change my workout routine a little bit to where I am doing a lot of running. And so I've found some things interesting in running and habits. And so you can go back and listen to previous podcasts that I've made on that this week. Here's another kind of devotion for your workout times, maybe even for mowing the grass, maybe for your run or jog or whatever the case may be. And I said I was going to go back into the different areas into which Satan tempts us in our bodies and our mind and our emotions. But man, I'm, I've just been on, on, a, on an amazing time in my private study with God and just walking through the book of Joshua. And we kind of looked at last week or last episode in regards to the Battle of Jericho. This week, or rather this episode, we're going to jump into chapter number seven. And the first, the next battle that Israel has is they face Ai. And Ai was a smaller city with very few men. In fact, Joshua sends out these men to go look at at. Uh, uh, he sends out uh, 36, about 36, 30 and 6 men. We learn about in, in, in verse 5. 
But we send out first, so he sends out Joshua set in verse 2, and he says on Jericho to Ai, which is beside Behavon, he says, go up and view the country. So he takes out some spies and says, hey, guys, go view the country. Let's go get a, a kind of a understanding of our next enemy, our next foe. And so they do, and they come back and say, man, they are smaller, way smaller than Jericho. Let's, uh, we, we, we don't need all the men we did last time. Let's just take 30 and six men. Okay, well, let's go. And they go to AI, and they try to defeat them. And next thing they know, they're starting to run for their life, and all these men are murdered or basically lost in battle. They die. And immediately, <clears throat> Joshua seeks the face of God. He rents his clothes with the elders as well, and they're, they're, they're renting their clothes the, at, uh, um, at the end of verse, where is it at here? Um, and at the end of verse 5, and it said, The hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes, verse 6, and he fell on the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening time, and he and, and his elders of, the, of Israel, and put on dust upon their heads. And he cries out in verse 7, verse 8, verse 9. And then God answers him in verse 10, and it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus on thy face? Why, why get up, Joshua? Why are you on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken of the accursed thing. Dun, dun, dun. Hence the name of this episode. Oops. Got caught. Oops. Got caught. We know in chapter number six that they were forbidden by God to take any of the spoil for themselves. They were to take it. They were to kill men, women, child, beast, all that stuff, and take other gold and silver, all that goods, and take it to the house of the Lord. But we learn the reason why I skipped the first three or four verses of chapter 7, because it tells us why or what happened. The Lord says in verse 11, Joshua, the reason why these men didn't overtake Ai, a lot of people say, well, it's because he didn't pray to God or he didn't, uh, he didn't take this before the Lord. We don't know that. That's not what the Lord says, by the way. I like how commentators commentate on things that the Lord actually gives us the answer why they things happen or in that situation. If Joshua acted on his own accord, as we have seen and we'll actually will see in, in the future, God lets him know that. So I have a inclination that Joshua did. He sought the Lord because God's uh, uh, kind of answer back to Joshua wasn't. Joshua, because you you did it on your—you were independent, not dependent upon me. You sought this out. You didn't come seek my face to find out my way to do things. No, God says, uh, you lost because there's sin in the camp. You, I commanded Israel not to take of anything, and they took of it. And so then they go through the process of finding out who it was. But we're told about, in the beginning of this chapter, who it was. That oops got caught. Verse 1 of chapter 7 said, But the children of Israel committed the trespass in the cursed thing for Achan, or Achan, the son of Camri, the son of Zab, uh, Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the, the children of Israel. And then it goes on to pick up and kind of explain what went down of that we've already read about. What's very interesting in this is in verse 1 and in verse 11, Verse 1, it says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass. That word children is plural and is speaking on behalf of the whole nation of Israel. Now, I don't know if you've read this before. Many, I'm assuming, have, but some of you may not. Was that the case? Did the actual event take place where all of Israel took of the spoil of the city? The answer to that question is no. One man disobeyed God's command. 
but plurality, the consequences were sought upon all of Israel. Please let that sink in. All of Israel had a consequence because of one man's choice to disobey God. And then in God's own explanation to Joshua why they lost, in verse 11, it said, Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my commandment. God is speaking plurality here. When we know it was singular, one man did it. And so this begs a question, a theological question, but I don't think this is dealing with such a thing. Does if does others people's am I accountable for other people's sin? Meaning, will I be held eternally uh, responsible for other people's sins? No, you are responsible for your sin. Now we have sin inherited in us because of Adam, Adam's choice. But my daily sin, you are not held accountable of. In your daily sin of missing the march, or your transgressions, or my transgressions, or my iniquities, or your iniquities. You're not held accountable for mine, and I nor am I for you. However, as the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, pre-church, pre-cross, pre-Jesus literally living on earth, was kind of a, a, a picture of redemption. But the bigger picture of this is that I want you to kind of hone in and please listen to this, is that your, your choices— that you choose in life, and let's get specific here, your disobedient choices, the things you choose to do disobeying God, will have consequences. Just because you are saved and place your faith in God does not mean that your sin, your sin consequences post-salvation are just gone. And friend, they are very real. They still happen. For instance, it's unfortunately, let's just say something horrible happened and you murdered somebody. As a Christian, I mean, we question that, but let's say, say, genuine Christian kind of went off the deep end or something and, and murdered somebody. They, if genuine Christian, would still be saved. I mean, you're not losing your salvation. But that does not mean, dear friend, that you would be void of the consequence living in the United States of America. You, you, there's consequences for such a thing. And also consequences against a holy and righteous God as well, I, even as a Christian, to be held responsible for those things. And now we flip it into this. Your decisions that you make, your disobedient decisions, guess what? They will. The consequences are going to affect other people. The nation of Israel. I mean, just think about this. This one man, Achan's sin of disobeying God. We know in verse 5 of chapter 1, 36 men died. The whole Israel was held accountable, but 36 men died. And guess what? If they would have sent 38, all 38 would have died. If they would have sent 1,500, all 1,500. Praise God, they only sent 36. But then we also know at the end of all of this as well, in verse 24, and Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Israel, and his silver, and the garment of the wedge of the gold, the sons, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why did you do all this? Basically, in a verse, at the end of that verse, he says, and all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them up with fire. So... 36 men were not told how many daughters were not told. I mean, basically, probably one wife, his sons, all of these other people directly impacted by his choice to disobey God. And some people may say, well, man, that's kind of 
intense, like God sending death, death upon people. Listen, this is a holy and righteous God. You cannot look at God's decisions of dealing with sin through a human mindset. If you do, you will always see it through a human justifiable mindset instead of a holy, righteous, perfect God who cannot cohabitate with sin. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he chooses to do is perfect. His judgments are perfect. And such using men to do this, to bring about the consequence for disobeying a holy and righteous God is redeemable by death. The shedding of blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, Hebrews says. And so, man, what an intense thing. And so, yes, the oops, I got caught, not me, but dealing with Aiken. And so my, my, my encouragement for you this, this afternoon as I'm recording this, this afternoon is... I, I, Think about, think about, think before you act. In fact, a verse that my mom always taught me, I didn't know it was a verse until I started studying and back in the day when I was going through school and in beginning stages of pastoring and seminary. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, in the context of Moses talking to the different three tribes east of the Jordan, three tribes had to settle and all this stuff. It says in verse 23, it says, but if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. My mama used to always tell me that just to be sure your sins will find you out. Your sin is going to be, is, is maybe in this world, most likely it will be, but if not in the next, be sure your sin will find you out. Remember that kind of talk about like lying, you'll have to lie to, to, to cover up that lie, and then you'll have to lie to cover up those two lies, and you have to lie to cover up those three lies, and so on and so forth. Eventually, you're going to forget your lies, and you're going to be found out. You're going to be, oops, got caught. Well, Aiken thought he was going to get away with it. I don't think at the beginning of disobeying, he thought, oh, I'm going to disobey. So my wife, my, my kids, everything I have would be killed, and also 36 of my fellow friends would also be killed in that battle. I don't think he was thinking that way. I hope not, but I don't, I don't think so. He was greedy, he was jealous, and he decided to disobey God's command, and the consequences were great. People that you love will be affected by your choices, whether good or bad. You're good, to, you're good obedient choices to follow God. There's blessings in that. The Bible's not silent on that, but also there's consequences for disobeying God, even as a saved individual, and consequences for disobeying God in a world that you live in, in the government that you're under. There's consequences. You go speeding down the road if there was a school zone that's, that has flashing lights at 20 miles an hour, and you're doing 60 miles an hour, you're disobeying, number one, God, for disobeying the government. And guess what's going to happen, though? You're going to get a ticket. There's a consequence for that disobeying. And you may even hurt somebody. You may maybe spin out of control or get into an accident and hurt multiple people and take lives. I mean, it just, I mean, as, as horrible as that is, but even as simple as an example as that is, to extreme, extreme events, your choices, the choices for your decisions choose for you. And so my friend, I just, I just want to encourage you to be a man, to be a woman of studying God's word. So guess what? You know what to obey. You are, held recount- you are held accountable. There is no getting to heaven and saying, well, I just didn't know the Bible said that, so I'm not guilty of it. There will be, hear me, there will be none of that. You will not get to heaven and be like, oh, well, I just didn't read my Bible that often, so the things I didn't read about, I'm not held accountable for it. Friend, you will be. You will be. You will stand before the King of kings, Lord of Lords, and give an account 
for the wood, hair, stubble that'll be burnt up or the precious stones that you'll be able to go through the fire of what you've done since you've been saved and be able to lay back down at your Savior's feet. You will have that time with what you've done since you've been saved. You cannot stand there and say, God, I just didn't read your word. In fact, that'll be something that gets burned up anyways. You are held accountable. So get in the word of God, study the word of God, know what the word of God says so that you can obey the word of God. Because I, I trust you love your family. I trust you love your kids and you want the best for the people that you love and care about. And you don't want to make a decision that the consequences of that decision could hurt them. So please make sure that you follow the word of God and be obedient to it. This is Pastor Justin Goins with Run 12-1 Podcast. God bless. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Run 12-1 Podcast. Run your marathon race that God has placed you in. God bless. Mm-hmm.